I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hi, how are you? Good afternoon. Happy Friday. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Dr. Mike Gustafson. I'm Aaron Dickens. We're joining you today from the first United Bank studio with you until 5.30. Today, of course, the Texas Tech Red Raiders will play their regular season finale uh, later on tonight in Austin against Texas uh, Red Raiders already bowl eligible, so they will play another game beyond this. Uh, the regular season will close uh, tonight in Austin. Um, we also have Lady Raider basketball at 8, uh, taking on Rutgers. We have that coverage at, uh, again, at 8 o'clock on 107.7 Yes FM. And the Red Raider basketball team getting started at 4 o'clock uh, against Michigan. We'll have that coverage on 100.7 The Score. Um, there's college football going on right now. Uh, we'll have college football on throughout the afternoon today leading up to the Tech game. Uh, so it's a busy Friday. Gus, how you going? I am doing good. Um, yeah, for fun little uh, fun little busy Black Friday. Not, uh, not something we would normally say, but you throw this basketball game on, you know, this tournament basketball game on top of a, a Friday night uh, Black Friday football game. And... Uh, Suddenly, the uh, the Red Raider fandom is uh, you know we're we're kind of dialed in, yeah. and this this is a, a brand name basketball, yeah, a brand name basketball opponent too, uh, playing Michigan. I mean that's uh, that's fun. Red Raiders uh, getting a win against Northern Iowa yesterday, a a come from behind affair. We're down what fifteen points. At one point, yeah, and ten uh, minutes left, wasn't it? scrapped back to win that game. I think that's a good um, character building, experience building um, game. I don't know that Northern Iowa is going to just reap a whole lot of rewards for you, uh, net score wise, in March. Hopefully, it does. Yeah, I don't know, but I think you know, pr- proving to yourself as a team that you can do that, I think is going to be a valuable experience to draw on once conference play starts. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, you know, those, those type things will help a, uh, you know, they just sort of sit in the back of your mind as an athlete. Like, Hey, we've done, we've been here before we've done this before. And, uh, they, uh, I, so I, th- I think it's something they can draw from and they were, they were cool down the stretch. I mean, and got after it and, McCaslin talked about them up in the defensive intensity in a way that uh no that that's that that's always gonna need to be there. You know, there there probably always throughout the season be lulls and and hot stretches and whatnot, but to be able to dial into some defense and have it change the game and to pick up the pace offensively, hit some shots, do all those things, uh just a, a nice win. Um and boy the you know, getting this Michigan game would be, and this was for like fifth place in that thing. So we don't act like we're playing them for the history of the universe or whatever. But it's a uh, be a nice game to uh, to draw from, and um, you know, something to uh, that that one might have a little net juice to it. This this Michigan game, 
Texas Tech is a two or two and a half point favorite, uh, depending on where you look against the Wolverines. Um, that's not as large of a spread as I was maybe expecting. Um, so Vegas would indicate that you're right there in this. Yeah. So we'll we'll see Love what it. they do, and uh, we'll overlap with them in terms of game action for about, about an hour. So if for some reason you're listening to us um, from 4.30 to 5.30, we'll keep you abreast of the uh, of the goings-on there with the uh, Red Raider basketball team. College football last night, Egg Bowl, Ole Miss beating Mississippi State. It was ugly. It was not very entertaining. It was kind of sloppy. It, it was kind of the a college football representation of how I felt uh, <laughs> on Thursday night. Just, I don't want to move, you know. I just want to be very still. Ate too much. Ate way too much. Um but, well, not, and there's no surprise by that result no, either. Ole Miss, no, yeah, heavily favored. Mississippi State fired their head coach a couple weeks ago. So, um, and some news coming out from that game at the end: Will Rogers, the quarterback there that we saw at the Liberty Bowl a couple yeah. a couple of years ago, um, planning to transfer and play somewhere else's for his final year of eligibility. Uh, expected to be one of many kind of high profile quarterbacks available in the portal. So it'll be kind of curious to see where all they end up. And he he probably went there all in on the Mike Leach experience and you know, was probably recruited with those words that Sawyer Robertson talked about. You know, Lubbock product that went there and played for a couple of years before moving to Baylor, which were, hey, you want to come here and lead the nation in passing. You know, and so uh, obviously Rodgers has moved on. Sawyer Robertson moved on last year after Coach Leach passed. So – um, yeah, you talk about a revamp there for Mississippi State. Did you watch any of that game? I did not. I, I have not watched any Mississippi State football until last night. Um, I know this is going to be disappointing to a lot of folks. <laughs> um, but they they looked abysmal on offense, and I don't know what their injury situation is like, right, or yeah. um, you know who they've lost or who, you know, whatever. But I do know Will Rogers. I know that he was playing. And they looked terrible outside of – at the end of the first half when they ran a two-minute offense, which, you know, <laughs> a lot of spread concepts, right? A lot of quick passes. And suddenly Will Rogers went from looking very mid to looking pretty good. Looking comfortable. And it's and it's and I'm sitting here going, why weren't, like, I realize it's not what you would want to do. It's not what you would, you know, ideally run if it's your program, Zach Garnett. But when you have this roster and clearly you needed to win pretty quickly, uh, and you didn't, and so now you're you got bleep canned. Why wouldn't you adapt to your player strengths like yeah. that instead of trying to make Will Rogers into a pro style passer? So it sometimes football is not as complicated as some of these coaches make it out to be. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's it's a great question, especially and and I would think that those type adjustments would be easy to make and that within the context of the game, like hey, we came out A and B weren't working. But C clicked right there before half. Let's just come out and let's just come out and go no huddle and see what happens here early second half. You know, just to like you said, it felt like we our energy picked up, our quarterback seemed comfortable. You know, maybe you at your core, of course, we're talking about interim all over the right. place there, aren't aren't comfortable with that pace and know what it does to a defense and this and that and blah blah blah. But if nothing is happening. And it kind of buzzes for a minute there. You might go, hey, we could we could at least slip into that every once in a while, you know. And that's not something that that 
we need three weeks to prepare for that. Like, no, you, you probably work on that every Tuesday, right? I mean, you know, two minute offense and that type of stuff. So let's just, let's just get into this thing, call this thing with pace and see what happens. But, um, yeah, I would sure feel like the, uh, Mississippi state thing is going to get worse before it gets better. You know, some, some chatter that they are narrowing in, closing in on their, uh, their final target, uh, John Summerall, the Troy head coach, former uh, SEC assistant. He's a defensive-minded coach. Um, he's getting some buzz. And then uh, Jeff Levy, apparently uh-huh. the offensive coordinator of this Oklahoma offense that's uh, put up 60-plus on TCU and counting. Now, he reportedly interviewed with Mississippi State, I think, yesterday. And the tie there is the current AD at Mississippi State, who did not hire Zach Arnett and therefore felt no loyalty toward him, came from Oklahoma. Ah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, Some, something Sermon, I think, is okay. his name. Yeah, so, um, up oh, TCU is going to maybe score here. 69-38 is the current score in Norman with uh, nice. under three minutes to go. Yes, nice. <laughs> um, t- TCU, I mean, really was dead, just dead at the half. They were down 42-16. to They've made it a bit of a game, uh, but Oklahoma's outscored them 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter um, to, to really put it away. And so now, if, if, assuming that this score holds, Gus, uh, TCU will join Baylor and Houston um, as staying home for the holidays. No no postseason. Yeah, that's uh, – and there's – I think Murphy just tweeted that we've got uh, 19 teams, assuming this result holds down to – 19 teams because Nebraska got beat earlier. Just as you and I were going on the air, that got finalized. Uh, 19 teams for 14 bowl spots. How about that? Yeah. And and we've come up short in in years past, and there's that's those years that they're, they've created some exceptions for some fives and seven teams and whatnot. So. TCU did just score a touchdown. I think they're going to go for two here. More Tech Talk next. podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey, it's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 530. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at DoubleT973.com. You can also access that through the DoubleT973 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. Uh, We're joining you today from the first United Bank studio. Uh, Oklahoma now up 69-45. to Nice. Against TCU. Uh, They will probably be able to kneel it out here very shortly, probably right now. Yeah, that first down, Unless TC wants to burn timeouts for some stupid reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, OU's probably got the threes in right now, but still. What, uh, TCU can't just run it back, right? Like, if you're a TCU fan, you're, you're not going to be very happy if they just kind of stand pat with their staff and just bring everybody um, back. Yeah. And I wondered about that, you know, what they're, what their feeling is on Bryles versus their 
D coordinator, and they brought that D coordinator. I think from it's Joe Gillespie, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, um, yeah, Gillespie. That's it. I was, I, yeah. Um, I thought you said Plefka at first, and I knew no, you didn't yeah. say Plefka. Did you know that he moved? Like uh, he was at, uh, I think, a D two school called Post. John. Yeah, John yeah. Plefka. Uh-huh. Coaching women's basketball. Like CW Post up in New York? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he recently, I think earlier this year, not recently, but like six months ago, took the head job at D2 Auburn University at Montgomery. Really? How about that? So he like he got poached. Mm-hmm. They they hired him away from Post, which I thought was, clearly he's doing well Yeah. at the D2 level. Also, also still in women's basketball? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, darn. Of course, we're talking about John Plefka, who... Uh, Attempted baseball for a moment at Tech, but yeah. obviously basketball player and a coach Knight and Bob Knight era. Yeah, Gillespie, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he was there last year for the success on the, you know, but on the other hand, he, this is very much a second year defense and uh, not going well. First year offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles, um, of course, son of art. He, uh, he is in his first year at TCU and, he dealt with a backup quarterback for a good portion of the season. So I, I guess if they just were looking around the, the room for needing some skins, you know, Gillespie might be held accountable in a way, you know, the, a little more so than, than, uh, Bryles. You know, what's, what's funny about this or interesting, at least I think it's interesting. And when you're working on a Friday for Thanksgiving, um, you know, you can kind of take some liberties. Um, like as magical as last season was for TCU, as as wildly as they overachieved, and as successful as it was, right? Period. Full stop. It was a massive success, one of the best seasons in their program's history. Full stop. Um, you know, reached heights that they had not really reached ever, at least in the modern era. It wasn't some dominant run. We we know this. This is not news to anybody. Um, we lived it. Right, Tech went down to Fort Worth last year, and um, they were in that game. As flawed as they were, they were in that game. Um, but TCU won a bunch of games like that. Yeah, they were six and one in one score games last year. And when you when you play that many one score games, whether you're the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, or the head coach, I don't know that you gain just a whole lot of equity because they're at least from a fan perspective. Because, you know, you know this as well as I do, Gus. Oh, this one wasn't good enough, right? Oh, <laughs> should have beat them by more. Sure. Got lucky to escape from that one. Why didn't Why didn't you hold this team to this many points? Or, you know, why did it take this last second uh, field goal uh, to beat a pretty middling Baylor team, right? And so when you follow that up with a season where you're 0-4 in one-score one games... Uh, like TC was this year, I, I think that 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 anger just kind of continues to build. And so, yeah. for a team that's less than a year removed from playing for a national championship, I just don't think that uh, from a fan base perspective, there's a lot of equity built up. Yeah, I, I agree. And and uh, the common refrain we're hearing now is that he did all this, he did all that last year with Patterson's guys, and so it's it's like some of it's being taken away from Sonny in that respect, and. Uh, you know, but those, those what what hap what this is right here, 
when you watch the season end on the day after Thanksgiving, that becomes a long off season. And you know, you can also, I think you put, it's a great way to put it, take it away. Right. What does last year look like if they don't go to Max Duggan when they do? Yeah. Right. That, that's probably the most fluky part about the entire season, right? That Chandler Morris gets hurt when he did. And they put in Max Duggan when they did. They returned to Max Duggan after what three, two, three years prior. Yeah, as starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm fascinated to see what they do because uh, I I think Sonny's a good coach. I I don't I'm not just like super threatened by him from a Texas Tech perspective, um, but I, he, he I think he's got less support than you would think from a fan base perspective after playing for a national championship. I agree, and because uh, because there's no there's no sort of uh, you know for for a fan that's even watching it casually, they can't draw a line and say, oh, it's on a, it's on an uptick, not as not as quick of an uptick as we would have liked, you know, which is what a Texas Tech fan might be able to say about this season versus last, you know, but still, in a broader sense, it's an uptick from where we've been for a long time, but for for them. Had this magical season, and now here, and I, and I think I'll I'll be curious to see if uh, you know what what sort of a portal, you know, if they have some high profile portals, portal exits, and the reason why I say that, AD, is you know if they went there the first year, and even if you were sitting on the bench, that was like magical, you know, like I mean, not unless you're just buried in the fifth string and you've been passed by three freshmen, then yeah, you need to get you need to go. But how many of those dudes? Eh, I'll give this another year, and are now enjoying a five and seven season, and uh, this just you know it's not the not the place they want to be. I, I just it, it feels like the major stage, Everhart, maybe that'd be yeah, great. I agree. Come on down. Feels like there. I'll, I'll take that skill. Yeah, and of course you're talking about an Amarillo kid there. Mm-hmm. Um, but but um, yeah, I mean you know the, how many of those kids see don't see themselves in the way that they saw themselves. 12 months ago or or fortunately for them really just what about 10 months ago because they played considerably late into the season that's what i'm saying this is going to feel like an off season that's just you know dragging and dragging and dragging yeah. as opposed to going into mid-january 10 months ago you're you're strutting around thinking that we're, we're going to run the new big 12 mm-hmm. like we're going to be one of the handful two flag bearers in the new Big Twelve, we're we're going to recruit at a great level. We Sonny Dykes is going to portal us all kinds of great players. Um, we've got these two hot shot, highly paid assistant coaches. Um, this is our league, and <laughs> and now you're not even going to go to a bowl game, and you just got, you know, basically a seventy burger put on you in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, more tech talk next. podcast put together with red raider fans in mind this is the tech talk podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction hey there how you going it's tech talk on double t 97.3 and double t 97.3.com gus i'm aaron we're joining you today until 5 30 here from the first united bank studio of course, Texas Tech will take on Texas tonight. That coverage starts at 5.30, kickoff at 6.30. Uh, we'll have it for you, of course, here on Double T 97.3. And then the uh, 
there a Coors Light postgame show for this? Yeah, okay. It's just on the board, but there will be a Coors Light postgame show after the game tonight. Um, some scores have gone final uh, from today's games. Ohio coming back to beat Akron to finish 9-3. and 25-14 was the final. That was an impressive result there from the Bobcats. Pretty good season uh, for them. It includes a win over Iowa State that looks better and better mm-hmm. um, every week. I don't quite know where they will end up uh, bowling-wise. They are, uh, they're not going to be going to the uh, MAC championship game. Miami of Ohio is 6-1. and one. They still play this weekend, but they uh, own head-to-head over Ohio, so... Their result against uh, Ball State tomorrow was kind of uh, irrelevant. Toledo, class of the MAC, finishes off an 11-1 season. They go perfect 8-0 in the Mid-American Conference, beating Central Michigan 32-17, denying uh, the Chippewas Bowl eligibility hopes. They finish 5-7. Memphis beat Temple 45-21. The Tigers close out the regular season 9-3. A pretty... um, I would say empty nine and three, Gus, because their losses: Missouri, Tulane, and SMU. They really have not beat anyone of note. Beat the teams they were better than, and lost to the teams they weren't yeah. as good as. Bethune Cookman, Arkansas State, Navy, Boise State, UAB, North Texas, South Florida, Charlotte, and Temple. And heck, a lot of these wins: Navy by four points, Boise State by three points. They fired their coach, by the way. The Broncos did. Um, three points at North Texas. Six points at Charlotte. So, yeah. I mean, I think 9-3 and three is better than Memphis has been in a while. And so it's a it's a major step in the right direction. They were 7-6 and six last year. 6-6 um, six and six the year before. COVID year, they were 8-3. and three. Um, But I don't know that there's really kind of a win that you feel great about there if you're Memphis. Maybe they have a, a big bowl game. Who knows? Um, Miami beat Boston College 45-20. Both of those teams finished 3-5 and at the ACC. Uh, both teams going to a bowl game of, uh, you know, of, of minimal import. Uh, Miami 7-5, and Boston College 6-6. Six and six. And then Iowa beating Nebraska 13-10. Iowa finishes 10-2, uh, and two, Nebraska 5-7. and seven. How are you feeling if you're a Nebraska fan about year one under Matt Rule? Hmm. Um, without knowing like how recruiting is going or yeah. all that um, stuff, I don't know. It'd be hard to it. It'd probably be hard to uh, um consider them trash, but at the same time, it's hard to be overwhelmed by it. Pretty meh season. Um, not that six or six or seven or five doesn't you know flips that in a considerable way, but it. Again, that becomes a long, long bowl season. It becomes a long, long month of December. Um, as everyone else, all these six and six teams are playing it out, and you're not. Um, and they had a – wasn't this a year for a lot of turnovers for them? I think that's right. I think they turned it over a bunch. And I may be – that may be anecdotal. I thought I read that somewhere. But like they, they gave away the yeah, ball a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it feels yeah. like that. Uh, they were, I don't, this doesn't account for today's games, right? Yeah. This week's games, but they entered this week of games 
uh, ranked dead last in the FBS, 133 out of 133, having turned the ball over 28 times. Um, they are, or at least they were, uh, minus 15 in turnovers entering this week. Do you realize, Gus, and I'm sure that you do, from 1962 uh, until 2016, yeah. Yeah. all right, 1962 to 2016, the Nebraska Cornhuskers missed a bowl game just four times. And and what's amazing about that is the early part of that. 1962 part of that. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't an, you know. There was about seven bowl games. Gallerysbridge.com. No. Yeah. No. Because uh, two of those years early on, they were six and four. They had a winning record, but just didn't go to a bowl game. 67 and 68. There you go. And that's and that was back. There just wasn't enough inventory. Uh for that, I mean, we didn't have that many bowls to, to pick from, and uh, and and so they they did a ton of winning through that Bob Devaney and Dr. Tom era. Nineteen sixty three to nineteen, I'm sorry, two thousand sixteen. They missed the bowl game four times. Uh, they have not made a bowl game since two thousand sixteen. Ooh man! Now maybe they'll get you know looped in. If there aren't, aren't enough eligible teams, I don't know how that works. If their APR is high enough or whatever, but still. And there was a ton of eyeballs on them in what week two when they pl- they were the second team to face Coach mm-hmm. Prime, and uh, and it was Coach Prime's first home game, right? Because right. they went to TCU and won Colorado, and then came home to play, uh, came home to play uh, that that Colorado team, and it was a tight game as I recall into the. You know, halftime or whatever, but uh, yeah. And again, at that time, we were thinking things not maybe not a lot different. You you were you you remained true to the uh, you know to to tapping the brakes on uh, the uh, Colorado season. But yeah, again, when you think about a uh, a uh, matchup and the impact of it there in week two or week three or whatever that was it kind of you look back on that game and go ooh, and they got smoked four and eight versus five and seven <laughs> yeah three 36 to 14 was the final uh nebraska lost their last four games in a row they were uh, at one point five and three going into a matchup against a coachless michigan state team in east lansing and they lost that game by three points they lost uh to maryland the following week by three points by a touchdown in uh, Madison to Wisconsin, twenty four seventeen, and then they lost today by a field goal. Oof. So the the pain of that is the pain of not making a bowl is has that 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 aspect of it. You and I talk about five and seven is painful, but it was five and three at one point, yeah. and so that that in, because they're at at that point in the season they're going, hey, we can still go eight and four, or what you know, and and so. Five and seven becomes awful, especially when you sprinkle in the uh, the loss to the interim coach Michigan State deal that's in chaos. And then today, um, now that that's a pretty successful. It's a ten and two Iowa team, which is you know the, the, it's this odd thing. You know, I talked about it off the air, but the the sort of punchline that is the Iowa team, and you know every week they play these. They were what another twenty. Nine point under uh, over like twenty seven or yeah. something, and, yeah. and thirteen to ten the final today. The under hit, yeah, and and offensive coordinator coach's son gonna get fired. Oh yeah, and they're ten and two. You know, like it's amazing. 
it is amazing how productive that team is and hanging W's and doing all that they're doing. And and they in in an era in which the game is as, as wide open as ever, it's it's um, you know they are they are as content as anybody to to set up a set up their defense for success and play things conservatively. Their their games really are the uh, stereo the old big Big Ten stereotype, and um, you know they're played like the games of when I was a kid. You know, everything's very careful and measured, and we're just making sure we don't turn it over. We want to punt it, pin you deep, and play defense. Yeah, it's just – Sooner and Lubbock are, for instance, this shocker on that Iowa-Nebraska score. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no kidding. Well, I hope you had the under <laughs> sooner. <laughs> then uh, TCU also finished off its season losing 69-45 to to Oklahoma. Be curious to kind of see what kind of uh, staff movement takes place there in Fort Worth this off season. Um, <clears throat> what do you make of the uh, the win yesterday for um, Grant McCaslin and his team? I was excited for him. Again, contextual. I don't know that you jump up and down over uh, a win over Northern Illinois per se, but when you when you put put some context to it that that. The first half yesterday was as bad as maybe the second half the day before against Villanova and to uh, gather themselves with about 10 minutes left in that game and just get a get a little spark of success, find a way to play defense, shut, shut things down that way, hit some shots and get back in the game and then play a nip and tuck game for the last five minutes and win. Um, of course, they win it with the shot almost literally at the buzzer, I think 0.8 seconds left. A little runner by uh, Pop Isaac, but you know what was interesting to me about that game, and a lot of you know, there's a lot that's interesting at this point in the season. But you know, it was on the floor at the end of that game through a chunk of it was Kerwin Walton. You know, and, and Kerwin like didn't play in one of the early games, and uh, and so much of his time this year has been a little bit like last year, three minutes here or there, go spell somebody, see if we can get him an open look. He drains a three. And then get him off the floor, you know, like which is weird. And uh, I mean, he played the bulk of the stretch of down the stretch yesterday, which tells me that. And he had a, hit a shot or two, maybe I think it was just a, maybe three points for him on the day. But he was on the floor late when they found their rhythm defensively, and I, I was just intrigued by that. And uh, I don't think Coach McCaslin addressed it in his media, but you know, it's it's the kind of thing that maybe. A broader, a broader question. If he does a media availability back here in Lubbock on Monday or something, that that I hope somebody asks, like, "Hey, what'd you see from Kerwin?" Because in the past, I don't know that he's ever finished out a game that was hanging in the balance like that in a Texas Tech uniform. And so, and again, I, I don't want to treat it like it's some game changer, but most of the time he's off the floor by then, and and it felt like he got into a flow and uh, you know, got some rhythm and some confidence, and you never know what would happen. I mean, you think about what a highly ranked recruit he was. He could get his feet under him. It's 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 akin to, I mean, it, and he hadn't as had as much success as Damari Burnett, but it's that same kind of thing. Like what what happens when this dude turns loose? Which, by the way, we're going to face Damari Burnett this afternoon. It was uh, <clears throat> the most he's played in a game, minute wise, since uh, logging. 22 minutes against Oklahoma State in Stillwater uh, last February. He had three points in that game. How about that? Interesting. More Tech Talk next. 
the podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus. I'm Aaron. Joining you today until 5.30, we'll have coverage of the Red Raider football team coming up at that time. Kickoff at 6.30 from Austin, Texas Tech, and Texas for the last time uh, as conference foes. Probably ever, although ever is a long time. Um, Red Raiders are a hefty underdog here, Gus. Uh, 14.5 points is the most recent line that I've seen, although I I can check to make sure it's still that. Um, What has to go right today for Texas Tech? To get a win. And and everything is, while true, not an okay answer for sports radio purposes. <laughs> um, I would imagine that um, controlling the big shot plays is probably going to be a big deal. Just doesn't feel like that's a... Uh, From Texas? Yeah, yeah. Our, our defense controlling their offense and, and uh, those type plays going to be a big deal. Um they they it it's hard to imagine this game if if you're talking about this from the Texas Tech perspective and I think you are what would it take for Tech to be successful it's hard to imagine um, this team our team winning a high flying shootout and over you know we're, hypothetically you know a game played in the in the 80s total points you know Tech winning a 42 to 38 game would surprise me I'd take it don't get me wrong. Uh, it just feels like the our our pathway to victory would need to be in the you know twenty eight to twenty four range. Hope I'm wrong about that. I'll settle for anything. Don't get me wrong, but you understand what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that that's because you you don't want to get into some sort of name your score type thing. And I say that we're we're due, and and there's and that due thing that that notion of do and you know there's there's none of that in sports really because it's not a function of luck i mean there is luck involved in sports don't get me wrong but it's not like well murphy's law says we're going to go score 40 at some point no if you don't have the weapons you're not going to go score 40 uh you know that said there's some guys who have been better performers in their career than they have been recently probably in the receiver room um you know that that maybe one of those dudes or a couple of those dudes can go off in a way and us get some shock plays that uh, that can allow us to play this game with some offense and some uh, some giddy up and some point total. But it just it would seem like to me this is going to be a game we need to be playing in the mid twenties. Yeah, Tech has not scored uh, more than twenty four points in four of their last five games, right? 21 points and a loss to K-State at home. 14 points in Provo. Uh, did score 35 against TCU here. Yep. Uh, 16 points on the road in a win in uh, Lawrence, and then 24 points in a win against UCF. And you know what? We're a, we're a team, and this is no shock here, but we're a team that has run the ball to um, you know with great success, certainly great success behind an individual, and it's it's allowed for us to play with that sort of game pace that lets a defense work. And it 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 is akin to what we were just talking about, Iowa State's offensive success. 
you know, we're, we're suddenly playing at a pace that allows our defense to work. That's scary going down there and playing against a team with the weapons that they have, but, you know, you, you never know. Yes, as you've seen, you and I talked about this earlier, the 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 TCU game was a felt like a blowout at halftime. TCU played their way back in, and they ended up getting smoked by 20-plus, whatever it was. But uh, TCU and Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, TCU and OU today. today. Sorry, yes, OU beat Texas, uh, TCU earlier today. Um, but the, the, you, your phrase the other day was that they've played with their food at different points along the way. And, uh, you know, te- Texas has and piddled around two weeks in a row against K-State and somebody, games that felt like they were over with. Like, all right, I'm turning that game off mm-hmm. and driving up to campus for the Tech game and be sitting there in my seat and figuring out that, uh, wait, that game went to overtime? You know, the the or wait, that, that ended up being a one-score game? What? And, uh, you know, having to go back and, and hunt out a recap as opposed to just, you know, that was some – 31 to 14 game with whatever 10 minutes left in the game I can forget about it and it ends up being a bank a, a banger of a game but I you know I, so they're capable of it Texas is um but I would imagine that place will be charged up and and uh you know just the uh, you know I would I'm I would assume that they've done all the bulletin board stuff and they're geeked up to play a team that uh you know they were probably embarrassed to come here and lose last year Quinn Ewers didn't get to play in that game, and there's a lot of reason. Xavier Worthy got hurt first quarter of that game mm-hmm. here, you know. So there's probably some unfinished business for a bunch of those dudes, and maybe most importantly, most importantly, if they're just worried about their sideline, they're going, "Hey boys, win this game right here, and we're playing next week in Arlington. Win that game there, you're playing in the Final Four. You got a shot at the maybe. whole, yeah." You got a shot at the big kahuna there with with two more wins or three more wins, and uh, you know they're 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 probably that that dangerous I would say. And of course they have the maybe not the ultimate resume game, but they have one of the peak resume builders in in 2023, which is a win in Tuscaloosa. It's surprising as much as Tech has emphasized the run game. Right, especially since Tyler Chuck's injury, mm-hmm. as as critical as Taj Brooks has been to your success, um, you're you're third to last in the Big Twelve in time of possession. That is fascinating, which is yeah. very surprising. I, and not that I was expecting you to be at the top, right? Because you still, I mean, there's still a lot of tempo, but still, I would have I would have thought a bit better than third to last. But uh, this in the chat line. Uh, from Gary, well, a low-scoring, grinded-out game might help the good guys. Yep, that's what I would think. Somebody says this tech has to score more points in Texas. That's how you win. Mm, All right, well, let me write yeah. that down. <laughs> Somebody else says that after a great showing from the Going Band in New York yesterday, it's hard to focus on Tech football today. Go Raiders! Come back in one piece. I uh, I did enjoy all that. That was very cool. Uh, not only the Today Show stuff on Wednesday, which I guess. Since our last show, I went home and watched the stuff I had recorded and got to see all that, and it was that was tremendous mm-hmm. coverage in terms of it, we, we weren't just running up and down the street in the background like yeah. it was the you didn't have to pause like the precise moment to see the right. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. there they are! Right, yeah. they're waving Raider Red into the studio, and they marched through the studio. I mean, it ended up being really, really cool, and it was several different points: Hoda and Jenna and the whole the whole deal. But then yesterday, uh, CBS with the with 
but CBS was probably on the band longer than NBC. Um, and I texted this to Chris level. I gave him some homework, which I would never do. And I don't bother level very much, but, um, um, did you see Kevin, uh, entertainment tonight guy who does the CBS band coverage saying, yeah, my nephew. And he did air quotes around it. Drew Steffi was a freshman basketball player at Texas tech. I'm really excited for him. Like as the wow. tech band coverage was concluding, I've actually got it, but I texted that to Chris level and said, Hey, you, you're, you know, he's the one doing interviews and pregame and postgame and stuff. You'll have to, you'll have to get us some homework on that. So I've Kevin got, Frazier. There you go, Kevin Frazier. I started to say Kevin Warren, and I knew it wasn't the Chicago Bears president and former commissioner of the Big Ten that's doing parade coverage there. Yeah, Kevin Frazier's the Entertainment Weekly or whatever the show he is, Entertainment Tonight or whatever. Yeah, it's like what's the what's his connection to? Again, air quote nephew, and he hits his air quotes. My nephew, Drew Steffi's a freshman basketball player at Texas Tech. Wishing him well. Like very cool. But anyway, between all of that and then the, the basketball game yesterday, which was an exciting win, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There's, it's been a uh, fun little uh, couple of days here, and uh, the best way to cap that will be with a win tonight. Somebody has this in the chat line. One guess, who is the next Aggies coach? Uh, I, if I had to put my own money on it, like 20 bucks, uh, I'd say uh, Jed Fish. The name I was trying to think of earlier hit me as we after we went to break was Gary Kubiak mm-hmm. but there was times where he was an NFL offensive coordinator or head coach and the, the Aggies were seeking him out and there was a lot of folks pining for him to uh, come back to college and um, yeah that Jed Fish thing's interesting the Ryan Day thing would be interesting uh, you would think that Ryan the shine on Ryan Day the, the would would really be off. I shouldn't say really be off, but he would have he would have some damaged goods to him here in twenty four hours if they lose again to Michigan. Be what after beating him what seven years in a row, six seven years in a row, they would have lost three times in a row, all under Ryan Day. Isn't that right? Like he, yeah, he didn't need to lose that game again. Uh, in a way that might affect his ability to, uh, you know, like I said, he he might have sort of a damaged goods aspect to him. You, you made a great point about him the other day, too. Like, what's he, you know, what does he represent? What has he done at Ohio State that would make the A&M situation feel better? I mean, you talk about you talk about a situation where if they were to go get Ryan Day from Ohio State, the amount of money, the, what they're just trying to get out from with the Jimbo Fisher deal would be, it would, they'd be right back into that fire. How much time left do we have in this segment? Three minutes? Okay, I have time for this. Get it. R- Ryan Day would be the dumbest hire <laughs> that AM could possibly make. It is the it would be the definition of going for um initial pop versus substance down the line. Because there would be no doubt if AM ended up hiring Ryan Day, whether they poached him directly or waited for Ohio State to fire him or encourage him to look elsewhere after a loss to Michigan tomorrow, assuming that happens. Um, it, it would be like the dog catching the, you know, the, the, the trash truck. Like, you caught it. Now what? It, now what? Right. You know, I, I, that's a, I butcher that saying, but you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Um, the, the guy has spent one season, one season 
coaching south of the Mason-Dixon line, and that was at uh, Florida in 05 as a GA. Okay, we've got he played at New Hampshire. He was born in New Hampshire. Uh, he coached at Boston College. He po- coached at Temple. He's been at Ohio State since 2017. Couple of stints in the NFL, also not south of the Mason-Dixon. You've got uh, Philadelphia and San Francisco. Like, what what relationship does Ryan Day have with the Texas High School Coaches Association? True. Right. Like, how well known is he around those halls in those high schools? Uh, does does he know any of the um, you know seven on seven organizers or any of those teams around the state? No, 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 and no. Like the the guy is Lincoln Riley two point born on third base, <laughs> thinks he he hit a triple right, yeah. and plus he dyes his beard, which is creepy as hell. Yeah, it would it would uh, be a glaring lack of fit, I would think. But interesting, you More make a great talk. point. Next, it's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Um. Update from the state of Arkansas, where Missouri is just absolutely kicking the absolute hell out of Arkansas. 34 to nothing is the score, which is not like the worst that we've ever seen. Uh, Arkansas currently has 65 yards of offense. Uh, They have four first downs. They are 0 for 6 on third downs. Uh, They have almost as many turnovers, three, as first downs. Four. Uh, they have run the ball 15 times for 43 yards. They've had the ball for just 11 minutes. It is, I mean, somebody opened up a can. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, it really does. Put, it puts the the AD and the, the brass that have, uh, Man. yeah, that have stuck their neck out a week or two in advance to say, hey, we're behind this, you know, we're behind the Sam Pittman regime. He'll be back next year. And then you get smoke at home, at home. I mean, like the embarrassment factor there, just the, the volume on that, on that amp just goes, and you just crank it up because, because a couple things happen that you can hear the post game call in show those guys quit. And that is the, the thing nobody wants said about their program. And, you know, that, that that's that's a mess there. If you are an I'm sorry, if you are a an Arkansas season ticket holder this year, you have not seen them beat a power five opponent. Oof. Uh they did beat FIU last week, so good for you. Uh they beat Western Carolina and Kent State at the beginning of the season. They have losses at home to BYU, um, to AM to Mississippi State, and to Auburn. And now they're getting the crap kicked out of them by Missouri. And and let's rewind, right? They lost at home to a BYU team that will not be going bowling this year, right? That True. struggled in their first year in the Big 12. That seemed like a big game when it happened. Sure. Uh, they lost at home to A&M by 12 points, a, a program that is firing their head coach, right, has fired him. Um. And is probably going to finish seven and five this season. They lost at home seven to three to a Mississippi State team that fired their coach, right? And is not going bowling this year. And they lost at home to Auburn forty-eight to ten to a first-year coach at Hugh Freeze. 
right? Uh, and now Missouri, which is good, is objectively a good team. They're probably going to play in a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, is is just it's like NFL versus high school. Yeah, ugly. I mean, God, if you're an Arkansas fan, what hope do you have? Like, yeah, if you're an Arkansas tough. fan, why are you watching this team in 2024? Right. And, uh, yeah, and, and and just ginning up excitement for the season will be really difficult because it'll all, it'll all sound and feel empty. I doubt the recruiting is just blazing along. Uh Next year, they have home games against LSU, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Texas. Um, they play at Auburn, at Mississippi State, at Missouri. I don't know what they're... Uh, oh, then they also play at Oklahoma State. Oh. That's, that's tough. Yeah, that is. Uh, Matthew says this, Why the crap are we switching out the Oregon game for Wazoo next year? So... I haven't seen tech any kind of tech report on that. Maybe that's been out there in the three hours that we've been doing this show. Uh, we've only seen the John Canzano report. To be fair, I think we both feel like he's fairly plugged in up there. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the motivation is on the tech side of things. I, I can't speak for that. I can guess. I can understand why I would maybe want to do that. Um, but I yeah. don't know what their motivation would be. Yeah, I, uh, I I would think there's something in it for Tech along the way. I mean, there's something to be valued there and that you're not going on the road to play what I assume would be a top 10 team. Uh, now, that, that represents a tremendous challenge. You certainly don't back away from it if it's what's on the schedule. But, uh, you know, the opportunity to swap that for another, if you will, Power 5 oh, adjacent program, uh, you know, so so in one in one sense, it represents a perhaps somewhat easier path to a victory, but uh, it's going to be there will be less eyeballs on that game, P- perhaps infinitely yeah. infinitely less because we can, you and I can't even sit here and dream of who would broadcast. Not to say that it's not worthy of a broadcast. So I'm saying like you and I don't know who the obvious partner is. Is the Pac-12 network still a thing next year? You know, for example, uh, but. And then, you know, just instead of playing in front of 70,000 screaming Autzens, you're playing in front of 32,000 or whatever. And will their situation be a little less excited? I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you start thinking about what's it going to take for Texas Tech to be in the hunt for the conference championship next year and be one of those 12 teams, you know, not losing at Oregon would be a good way to start. Based on what we think that we know about your football team next year, right? Losing a lot of seniors at a lot of spots, retooling your offensive line, uh, replacing Taj Brooks, probably a lot of new faces in the receiving core, you know? And it may be a and, more talented group. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and who knows like if there are coordinator changes because they get hired away or whatever, like who knows? But based on that, I would much rather that team play having a more obtainable non-conference game than getting your tail kicked at Oregon. Because call, call me a coward, call me a chicken, I don't <laughs> no, care. I, gotcha. um, I want the win more than I want the experience. That's why if it said uh, if it said that we were pushing Oregon back two or three years, I'm, I would probably go, okay, I like the sound of that. And it doesn't really address that. Uh, 
But if it did say that, I'd feel like, you know what? I would like to think that we in 2026 will be more capable of or going even to you. 25. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Be more capable of going to Eugene and pulling the big upset than in the next year, than in September. What we know about the um, next year's schedule, for folks that may not know this, we open with Abilene Christian here. There's, at this point, a trip to. Eugene, Oregon, and then a home game against North Texas. Shelly says this, you're not a coward. You punched that kid in seventh grade. Thank you, Shelly. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, somebody asked this, is there a delay in the basketball game? Yes. Uh, the previous game, Memphis and Villanova ran long. Um, the previous tip time at five uh, has been delayed. The last I heard, it was delayed about 30 minutes. So they should be getting underway any time now. Uh, we have coverage, I assume, on 100.7 the score right now and so they would be able to give you a more accurate uh indication of if something is imminent or if it's been delayed again um but yes it was delayed hopefully they're concluding uh layoff lines now and getting ready to get going i can uh real quick before we get out of here another quick check of the scoreboard uh utsa still trailing tulane 23 10 in the fourth quarter now um utsa is uh in the red area, and so threatening. Uh, the winner of that game will play for a conference championship. Utah State still up on New Mexico, although the Lobos have closed to within three, 24-21. Two fifteen left in the third quarter there. Uh, Missouri, as mentioned, just embarrassing. Arkansas, 34 to nothing. Um, 7-16 left in the third. A lot of football left there. Uh, Boise State still up on Air Force. Uh, but the Falcons have closed now. It's a 24-19 ball game at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, that game has Mountain West Conference championship implications. And earlier in the day, uh, Oklahoma beat TCU 69-45. Iowa handed Nebraska another one-score loss, 13-10. to uh, Miami beat Boston College 45-20 to to finish their season 7-5. Uh, Memphis beat Temple 45-21. Uh, Toledo, the class of the MAC. 32-17 over Central Michigan. Uh, and then Ohio beat Akron 25-14. to We also had an NFL game today, and it represented an interesting – the Dolphins beat the Jets. No big surprise there. I won't spend a lot of time on that. But, you know, this this moment in time, these last three hours, represented something pretty unique in, in sports broadcast. I won't say in history like it's never happened before, but there are not many occasions in which college football – and NFL are scheduled on the same day, and True. dang sure not on top of each other. And that's exactly what we had this afternoon, though. It was it was the uh, Amazon Prime like Thursday night type broadcast was the where it was available. But I mean, this just doesn't happen much, and we're headed for a day, especially as we get into the twelve game playoff, in which not only are there pro and college games on TV at the same time, but pro and college playoff games, and that's going to be epic. And don't you know unheard that, of that when this game because this game has been scheduled for this day on Prime Video for a while. Mm -hmm. Don't you know that when uh, Aaron Rodgers snapped his Achilles, that those Amazon executives were just like you know, yeah, a lot of dirty words. I would guess. Yeah, you think so? You're among among the many all, all the 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 TV exec uh, the TV exec group text. They were all oh, sending yeah. cuss words back and forth to each other. A lot of angry gifts. <laughs> This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.